Hi there listeners. Welcome to episode 148 of Never on the Backfoot podcast. This is me Neha Shetty and I'm so glad to have you all listening in. This is a first for the podcast where we will be reviewing a men's and women's series on the same episode. We will be discussing major talking points and takeaways from the women's England versus India T20I series and reviewing the men's India versus Australia T20I series. So without further ado, let's get started. Let's kick start the discussion with a review of the England versus India T20I series. In the first T20I, India's tour of England got off to a rough start as the hosts thrashed them by 9 wickets at Chesterley Street. Sarah Glenn took career best figures with the ball before Sophia Dunkley scored her second T20I 50 in an emphatic run chase. India struggles against spin. Amy Jones opted to bowl first in her first match as England captain after there had been rain in the lead up to the match. England's new ball pairing of debutant Lauren Bell and Freya Davies was guilty of bowling too wide or too short at the start, and Smriti Mandana took a full toll by hitting three boundaries in the first three overs. The Pacers struggled to hit the right lengths, forced Jones to resort to Bryony Smith's offspin, and she struck. of just her sixth delivery as smriti mandana fell to an off spinner yet again after failing to connect with an attempted sweep to depart for 23 of just 20 balls sara glen gets the big wickets shefali varma kept attacking though stepping out and using her feet to unsettle the bowlers varma was dropped at cover by dunkley on 12 but she failed to capitalize on that reprieve adding only two more runs before falling to glen after failing to clear bryony smith at long off spin well and truly applied the brakes after a good start by indian openers as sophie eccleston bowled a maiden over to amp up the pressure The returning Thailand Hemalata batted at 3 in the absence of the injured Jemima Rodriguez but she struggled throughout her 15 ball stint in the middle before falling LBW to Sarah Glenn for just 10 that brought Richa Ghosh to the crease and the wicketkeeper bat played a couple of fine strokes to race to 16 runs before she was caught in the deep by Smith of Davies Glenn was the pick of English bowlers she went on to dismiss the dangerous looking Harmanpreet Kaur for 20 with a delivery that kept low India struggled to find the boundary after cause dismissal hitting only 3 fours in the last 7 overs as Glenn ended with figures of 4 for 23 now this was after dismissing debutant Kiran Navgire for 7 the spin strangle resulted in India ending with a disappointing 132 for 7 Deepthi Sharma finished on an unbeaten 29 from 24 and top scored after hitting Eccleston for 2 fours in the last over India fluffed their chances Now India was rusty with the ball in the power play as Renuka Singh Thakur had Dunkley caught behind in the very first over but overstepped to let the batter off Thakur created another opportunity but Dunkley was given another let off on 15 as Shefali Verma shelled a routine catch at mid off Thakur bowled well up front but both Pooja Vasakar and Sharma were expensive as Danny White managed to find the gaps and hit over the top Harmanpreet Kaur went immediately to Snee Rana as England rocketed to 56 for no loss in the power play and she struck to remove the dangerous white for a quick fire 24 of 16 deliveries as Ghosh pulled off a fine stumping down the leg side off a wide. 
Danny Wyatt's early aggression put England well ahead of the asking rate and India failed to make a comeback as their bowlers struggled with the wet ball while their fielders were sloppy and guilty of overrunning the ball on multiple occasions Dunkley and Alice Capsey kept targeting the straight boundary and ran very hard between the wickets they ensured that there were no further hiccups for England in what turned out to be a very straightforward chase England just needed 13 overs to chase down India's total as Dunkley top scored with 61 not out from 44 deliveries while Capsey played a supporting role with 32 not out of 20 balls. In the second T20I, Smriti Mandana smashed yet another half century in the chase. to help india level the t20i series against england freya kemp's maiden half century went in vain as the visitors registered their first victory of the tour by 8 wickets after comfortably winning the first t20i of the series by 9 wickets england stand-in skipper amy jones won the toss and opted to bowl first india unchanged for the clash at the county ground in derby got off to a great start as deepthi sharma got rid of the half century in from the first game sofia dunkley for 5 richa gosh's quick hands behind the stumps gave india the early breakthrough they needed england suffered another blow when snay rana's excellent catch at slips and danny wyatt back to the pavilion of renuka singh thakur for 6 england's troubles continued as radha yadav's impressive work in the field led to a run out of alice capsey in the very same over After three overs in the innings, England was tottering at 16 for three. Deepthi Sharma bowled three overs in the power play, giving away just 12 runs in her very economical spell. Bryony Smith, batting at four, welcomed Yadav with a cracking boundary through the covers, followed by another against Rana. That aggression led to her downfall as omnipresent Yadav took a fantastic diving catch to add to England's worries. With a scoring rate below six, Captain Amy Jones unsuccessfully attempted a reverse sweep, only to see it disrupt the off stump. Halfway through the innings, England was really struggling at 60 for five when Kemp joined Maya Bujie. The left-hander batter smashed Rana over mid-on with the second delivery she faced. Bujie joined the party with two boundaries off Pooja Vasrika's second over to keep the scoreboard ticking for the hosts. Kemp clobbered Yadav for the first six of the innings straight down the ground. Pooja Vastrakar, Sneha Rana and Deepthi Sharma bowled well in the middle overs as the pair of Bujie and Kemp added 65 runs for the 6th wicket. Bujie tried to up the ante in the death overs and Ghosh continued her exceptional day behind the stumps with another stumping. Kemp amassed 11 runs in the final over of the innings and became the youngest England player to register a T20I half century as England posted 142 for 6 in the first innings. Now India got off to a spectacular start in the chase as Smriti Mandana smashed the first boundary of the innings with a four through backward point. Shefali Varma joined the party with two boundaries in Lauren Bell's second over of the power play. Jones introduced Smith inside the power play, but India's dynamic opening duo went after the young off spinner. Jones handed the ball to Kemp with India sitting comfortably in the driving seat. The left-handed pacer got smashed for 19 runs in the over with Smriti Mandana hitting three of those boundaries. A cotton bowl on the last ball of the power play by Sophie Eccleston provided England with a much needed breakthrough. Even after Verma's dismissal, Smriti Mandana kept going to put pressure on England's bowling attack as they kept attacking India's relatively inexperienced batting lineup. Dylan Hemelata batting at 3 tried to support Smriti Mandana, but Freya Davies knocked her off stump off just for 9.
that did not stop smriti mandana from taking the game away from the hosts as she completed her half century of just 36 balls captain harmanpreet kaur and mandana's partnership of 69 runs took the wind out of england's defense kaur contributed with a handy 29 of 22 balls including four boundaries smriti mandana clobbered 15 runs of davies's final over of the day to register a comprehensive and very memorable win for team india In the third T20I, a disciplined bowling effort followed by a clinical chase saw England maintain their winning record at home in T20Is against India as they clinched the three-match series 2-1 in Bristol on Thursday. Sophie Eccleston, Sarah Glenn, and Bryony Smith contained India with the ball before Sophia Dunkley scored 49 to lead the chase as England won by seven wickets. Amy Jones's risk reaps rewards. Amy Jones opted to open the bowling with Smith's off-spin and Lauren Bell not being picked in the playing 11 and she completely deceived Shafali Verma of the second delivery but Jones missed the stumping opportunity. Smith herself dropped a tough return catch of the very next ball in what was an all-action first over. Shafali Verma continued to chance her arm recklessly and her high-risk approach cost eventually as she was cleaned up by Issy Wong for just 5. She replaced Bell and it was a well disguised slower ball. Smith got the big wicket of Smriti Mandana for 9 in her second over as the in-form opener stepped out and connected decently. But Sophie Eccleston took a fine diving catch at long on. S Meghna who was brought into the Indian playing 11 in place of Kiran Navkire had a torturous time in the middle as she fell for a 9 ball duck with Danny Wyatt taking a high quality diving catch on the leg side boundary after making good ground. India's spin struggles return. Now Dylan Hamilton's struggles continued as she fell for a duck too as the impressive Sara Glenn had caught her behind. Harmanpreet Kaur and Deepthi Sharma then tried to get India's innings back on track but India had slumped to 35 for 5 after 10 overs as Glenn dismissed Kaur for the second time in 3 matches. Kaur was bowled again after stepping out by one that didn't turn and skilled on for 5 of just 14 balls. Sharma fought valiantly but England kept giving nothing away as Eccleston then got into the act and dismissed Snee Rana LBW for 8 with a full delivery. Sharma's lone vigil came to an end on 24 when she was stumped by Jones who brought up 50 T20I dismissals of the frugal Sophie Eccleston. A late flurry of force The early spurt of wickets saw India relegate Richa Ghosh and Pooja Vasakar to number 8 and number 9 in the batting order in spite of their big hitting potential but the duo made an immediate impact after their arrival at the crease India had limped to 79 for 7 at the end of 17 overs with just four boundaries but Ghosh's 33 of 22 and Pooja Vasakar's unbeaten 19 from 11 balls saw them at 43 in the last three overs to finish with a respectable 122 for 8 Ghosh struck the rapid bomb for three fours in an over while Vasakar was severe on Freya Davies plundering 15 runs in the final over Clinical Sophia Dunkley leads the chase With little over a run ball needed, England's aggressive opening pair of Dunkley and Danny Wyatt continued their good form as Dunkley found the boundary regularly and attacked the bowler's left-right center, while Danny Wyatt ran hard between the wickets and really provided solidity to the partnership. The pair put on a 70-run partnership before Wyatt hauled out to long on of Rana for 22. 
Dunkley fell soon as she was bowled by Vastakar after playing out a maiden over from Radha Yadav when she struck on 49. Yadav conceded only 14 runs off her four overs and bowled Jones out for three. But Alice Capsi ensured that there were no further hiccups as she put pressure back on the Indian bowlers with some innovative stroke play and saw England across the finish line with a rapid 38 of 24, thereby helping England win the series 2-1. Let's now take the discussion and preview the Australia versus India series. Now, India and Australia are set to lock horns in an upcoming T20I series. India last played in Asia Cup. 2022 where they failed to reach the final after losing two games out of three in the super four round india also played a t20i series against west indies in july august 2022 where they bagged a memorable 4-1 victory australia on the other hand recently played a three match odi series against new zealand where they whitewashed them and won 3-0 Australia also played a T20I series against Sri Lanka in June 2022 where they won the first two games and lost the last game. In the head-to-head encounters in T20Is, India and Australia have played 22 games. India has won 13 games while Australia has won 8 games. One match ended with no result. While playing in India, Australia has won 3 games and lost 4 out of 7. India and Australia last played a T20I series way back in December 2020 in which India won 2-1. The last time that Australia and India clashed in a T20 game in Mohali was a format that was not as evolved as it is now 6 years later. Back then in the World T20, India won the semi-final through a thrilling chase that was headlined by some amazing running between the wickets of Virat Kohli and MS Dhoni in what was a measured and calculated batting display. It was a strategy dictated by longer boundaries square of the wicket. In the age of the T20 World Cup, that style has fewer and fewer takers. It is a style of gameplay that Rohit Sharma and company are trying to actively break away from, with the protagonist from then Virat Kohli being the centerpiece for the strike rate debate. Having recently struck form with a hundred against Afghanistan, Kohli has accused himself of some of the scrutiny that has now turned towards Kale Rahul, India's chosen opener ahead of Kohli. Rahul has come out stating he's been working on upping his strike rate a day ahead of series opener against Australia. Aaron Finch's men aren't exempted from that debate either. With eyes training on Steve Smith's impact on the format and his style of play, Finch has backed him to come good, and the series will act as an audition in ways as Australia get in without some of their mainstays like Mitch Marsh, David Warner, Marcus Stoinis, and Mitch Stark. The opportunity for Tim David as a result throws up more possibilities as they look to finalize their best playing eleven with a month to go for the start of the tournament. India, with a fairly settled playing eleven, welcomes back Jasprit Bumrah and Harshal Patel, who had missed the Asia Cup. because of their injuries and thus will be at a near full strength whether they experiment with the likes of deepak chahar who's a world cup standby some game time will be a question for the think tank even as rishabh pant or dinesh karthik question continues to hover around and they will be hoping to answer those questions in the couple of series left before the world cup now mohammad shami has been ruled out of india's three match t20i series with covid-19 umesh yadav has got a surprise call up to the squad as the replacement player Umesh Yadav has played just 7 T20Is with his last appearance for India coming in 2019.
Now there are several young options in the wings, right? You have the likes of Mohammed Siraj who's fit and available. Now Umesh Yadav's selection certainly did raise some eyebrows, but India captain Rohit Sharma has backed the experienced player to come good and cited his performance in IPL 2020 to be a big positive. The presence of a left-hander in the middle order is something that India has been very keen on. It proved to be a decisive factor for Pant, jumping the queue ahead of Karthik when Jadeja was injured. But with the availability of Akshar Patel, does the equation change once again? Will India have as much faith in Patel's batting abilities as they did with Jadeja's? And without too many left-handers in Australia, can Yuzi Chahal get the nod ahead of R Ashwin? These are some questions to be asked. And another interesting development is how Virat Kohli is being considered India's third opening batter. Now Rohit Sharma has confirmed that there will be some games where he will open, but has also added that KL Rahul has the full support of the team management and still remains India's first choice opener for the World Cup. Kohli opened in the absence of resting Rohit in India's final match at Asia Cup, which was a dead rubber, and he managed to score his first T20 at 100, his first in international cricket in nearly three years. Now that leaves India with the same top three as the one in the last World Cup in the UAE in 2021. In that World Cup, India failed to make it out of the group stages and again failed to make the final of the Asia Cup at the same venue. Rohit, though, said this time was different because India battled with their new approach and came close even in defeats. Now, the probable playing eleven for India would look like KL Rahul, Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli, Rishabh Pant, or Dinesh Karthik, Surya Kumar Yadav, Hardik Pandya, Akshar Patel, Bhuvneshwar Kumar, Ravi Ashwin, or Yuzi Chahal. Harshal Patel and Jasbir Bumrah. Australia. Now, the strike rate question could throw up the possibilities of a tinkered batting order if needed. They too, like India, could consider breaking the glut of right-handers in the middle order by punting on the likes of Ashton Agar. With Mitch Marsh absent with an injury, Steve Smith is most likely to bat at bat at number three. His role in Australia's first choice playing eleven in the lead up to the men's T20 World Cup, however, will remain fluid. Australia is missing three of their first-choice players in the top six for the three-match series against India, with Marsh, David Warner, and Marcus Stoinis all back at home. Mitchell Stark is also resting because of a niggle. It remains to see whether Australia will structure their side differently, out of necessity, and with just nine matches to go before starting their title defence at home against New Zealand, it will be interesting to see what they opt for. Now Smith has batted at number three in T Twenty Eyes only once in that last twelve matches he has played across a two-year period. That was also out of necessity against England in the 2021 T Twenty World Cup when Marsh was left out for structural balance, as Australia chose a fifth specialist bowler. Since then, Smith has batted no higher than number four, regardless of Marsh's availability or not. With his long-time role as a floating mix, Mr. Fixit, who would enter early at the loss of wickets in the power play, and was abandoned for a more permanent place in the middle order. But his lack of strike power in the middle order has created questions around his place in Australia's first choice eleven for the World Cup, particularly after Tim David was added to the squad. In the in his last twelve games, Smith has batted eight times with a strike rate of one hundred and seven point two. Down from his already middling T20 strike rate of 125.27, but Aaron Finch confirmed on Monday that Smith would most likely bat at number three, and he reiterated Australia's faith in Smith's capabilities as a versatile cog in the lineup. 
Finch also confirmed that Australia would experiment with the structure of their side and their personnel in various positions with an eye on both the upcoming World Cup at home as well as the different conditions that will be presented here in India. The loss of two all-rounders in Marsh and Stoinis and a left-arm quick in Stark will force Australia to structure their bowling differently, which in turn would have a direct influence on the top seven they can select. Now, Tim David also looks set to make his Australia debut in the middle order as a direct replacement for Stoinis after having played 14 T20s for Singapore, but he bowls only very little part-time off-spin. Cameron Green, who's not part of Australia's World Cup squad but is on this tour of India, is another player who could play if Australia really want a pace bowling all-rounder. Green made his T20I debut for Australia on that tour to Pakistan earlier this year, but he has played only 14 professional T20s in his career. However, Finch felt Green was capable of being that three-format player after his amazing performances in the recent series, most notably in the ODI series against Zimbabwe and New Zealand in Australia. Now, the probable playing 11 that Australia might have is Aaron Finch, Matthew Wade, Steve Smith, Glenn Maxwell, Tim David, Cameron Green, Ashton Agar, Pat Cummins, Daniel Sams, Adam Zampa, and George Hazelwood. With this, we draw curtains on the episode that served as a review of the women's England vs India series and a preview of the Australia vs India men's series. Thank you so much listeners for tuning into this episode and for your unstinted support. Please follow and press the bell icon on Spotify and subscribe to the podcast on Google Podcasts for the latest episode updates and stay tuned. Do check out at the rate never on the back foot on Instagram and at the rate never on the back foot on Twitter for the latest facts, terminology, retweets, fresh tweets and a lot more that's coming up this cricket season just for you. The podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Overcast and a lot of other platforms. So please do spread the word. Until next time, stay safe and take care listeners. Bye for now.